When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. Guys, I've had the hardest time trying to get this episode recorded, right? The whole of yesterday, I... Okay, I didn't literally sit there waiting to record it. Like, I was getting on with other things. But between stuff happening, like, around my fat building, TVs being played, instruments being played, all these things, I just couldn't. And especially after the week before, like, I apologise for the... I think it was, like, the first 14 minutes of was it last week or two weeks ago's episode and someone was playing bass music downstairs like really heavy like drum and bass music and I in my head I was like oh no it's fine my mic won't pick up on it then when I was editing I was like oh for fuck's sake (laughs) so yeah all of yesterday I spent being like okay I can't do it now I can't do it now and like I feel too it's too rude you can't just ask someone to stop watching tv or ask someone to stop playing their instrument because you want to record a podcast like that is so selfish everyone's entitled to do whatever they want like surely you should just go record it somewhere else so I didn't ask anyone and then I was meant to fly home this morning I think my flight was meant to be at half eight and then my flight got cancelled so last night I was like right maybe it's a bit of a blessing it's got cancelled because I don't need to stress about the podcast I can just do it in the morning at my own pace and then fly home this evening and then I feel so bad the person above me is playing their guitar again and I had to message her because I know who she is and she's really nice and I had to message her on Instagram and ask her because she stopped playing her guitar and I feel like such a bitch like I'm actually cringing inside right now I feel like a horrible horrible person who do I think I am asking someone to stop playing their guitar but yeah I just had to message her I just had to do it I've been sitting here for the last hour being like okay no I'll just wait a little bit longer and then I was like fuck I literally need to do this right now because I still haven't packed and I've got a meeting in an hour and yeah I'm feeling super unorganized and very scattery today so that's good (laughs) hopefully she doesn't think I'm a horrible person I did say your singing and your guitar playing is stunning like it's actually gorgeous and I would love to sit here and listen to it it's just I can't I can't multitask unfortunately every time I went to start all I could think about was how nice she sounded and I wasn't concentrating on what I was saying but anyway we're here now back with another episode I hope you're all doing well oh my god last time I spoke to you I said I was going to York for the day York is so nice why is it literally my favorite place I've been to in England it is the cutest prettiest most quaint like cobbled street pretty building city I have ever seen in my life that is what I imagine every little kind of English town slash small city to look like. It just really brings the wholesome vibes. If you want a wholesome day out, honestly, go to York. 
so handy as well. Only half an hour away from Leeds. I'll definitely be back because, I mean, you may as well. You know, it's the same price. It's probably cheaper actually to just go to York for the day than to get a taxi into town in Leeds. And like, there's so many cute pubs. There's so many cute shops. Oh my God, I really wanted to go to this ghost merchant shop. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. It's like this shop that sells these little ghost ceramics. They kind of remind me of the Studio Arhoge ones. I don't even know if that's how you say it, but um, I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about either. But yeah, these really cute little ghost ceramics. It got to like five o'clock and we were like, oh, the ghost shop's closing at half five. Should we nip round and have a wee look and see if we can buy ourselves something? Got there and the security guy was like standing at the door with the tape, not the tape, but like the red rope across it. And we were like, is there no way we can get in to just buy like one ceramic? I'll be so quick because it wasn't half five yet and he was like no I'm afraid the people that are in the shop right now had been queuing for three hours three hours to buy some ghost ceramics I was like oh right okay fair enough <laughs> so yeah it's apparently a big phenomenon in York I really do want to buy one though maybe I'll go back on like a weekday when it's a bit quieter it was very busy like very busy because it was the first day of the Christmas markets and that's kind of why we were going as well, because Leeds doesn't have a Christmas market this year. So we were like, oh, we'll go to York for the festivities, go to the Christmas market, do some shopping. I will say, though, everyone bigged up York's Christmas markets and they're nothing to rave about. York as a place is something to rave about and all their pubs. Like, it's just so cute. I want to go back and do like a pub crawl. And I also want to go back and do like a vintage slash charity shopping day. But yeah, Christmas market really not up there like really not on par with Belfast this is the thing is that I actually don't have many to compare them to I've been to Belfast Christmas Market Glasgow Manchester I think that might be it Liverpool's one but it was shite I think the best ones are Belfast and Manchester people always think things in Belfast are shit right people from Northern Ireland have this real mentality where Northern Ireland is the worst place in the world people just love people love to be haters I think they love to be haters about the place they love to be haters about the people I think people just like hating on things they think it's cool and then they'll like go away but then they'll rave about it like in Australia when everyone raves about home but then if they were at home all they would do is slag it off anyway I think Belfast Christmas Market is top notch and if you haven't been to another one, honestly, don't bother because the Belfast one's the best. You'll just be disappointed unless you go to like a really cool one somewhere in like Europe. I don't know where has really good one. I feel like Denmark and stuff would have really good ones. It was supposed to be a very chill day, right? We booked the return train for half 10. So I was like, oh, that's enough time to get dinner, get like a pint or two after, walk to the station, you know very wholesome very chill vibes <laughs> of course we end up going on a mad one getting the train back to Leeds and then going straight out from there neither of us remember getting home I literally woke up in my bed and was like what happened the barman messaged Robin the next day and said that he had to carry her out because she'd passed out somewhere neither of us remember this apparently as well Robin's housemate said they answered the door to the taxi driver bringing her in from the taxi and she was on her own so I don't know where I was amongst any of this although I did get myself home safe and sound with all my belongings oh we did leave our bag of shopping in the bar oh yeah we left our bag of shopping Robin actually lost a lot of things she lost like 
her card and keys and I, I can't even remember I think she did lose a good few things but we did leave our bag of shopping in the bar because we just we'd asked them if they could keep it behind the bar because we didn't want to carry it around with us we're if for anyone that lives in Leeds by the way we're in a place called the green room which is actually such good crack I would recommend it so obviously we forget we've left it behind the bar make our way home somehow <laughs> oh yeah apparently the taxi driver just saw her wandering the streets on her own with no jacket like just in a vest top and trousers and was like I'm gonna do my good deed for the night and give her a free lift home so that's how she got home <laughs> actually I probably shouldn't really be telling this without her on the podcast mm. I'll see her today and ask her if she's okay with me sharing the story but yeah, we had to go back a couple of days later. I was like, I'm not going into that place on my own. Like, we have to go together. There's no way I'm going in there and like hanging my head in shame, asking for our bag back. Because it was both of our stuff in the bag. We were like, right, let's meet up at uni and then walk down together and go. We were like, please, God, do not let the people that were serving us on Saturday be there. And of course, we walk in, all three of them standing at the bar. <laughs> it was a mortifying experience. But we got our stuff back. One of the girls was like, oh my God, I thought I recognised you when you were standing there. You're that girl that kept trying to get behind the bar and serve people to Robin. (laughs) Oh God, some things you just don't need to know. I think after a night out, like, please just don't tell me any stories about myself. Like we were trying to work things out. We were like, oh, trying to piece together some flashbacks and things. And then we were like, you know what? Maybe we're just better off not knowing. It always goes wrong when you start taking shots. This is why I have a no shot rule. But for some reason on that night, the no shot rule went completely out of the window. Also, I have this thing when I'm drunk because I used to work in a bar and I used to love it when people would buy me a drink with their round. So now if I'm really drunk and I'm at a bar, I'll just like get all the bar staff a shot as well. (laughs) And it's so dumb. And I wake up the next day and I'm like, oh, holy fuck. I don't even want to see my bank account balance after that. Because then once I do it once, then every time I get around, I think I have to buy for the whole, <laughs> every member of our staff. Oh God, I hate myself. Right, enough about that. Let's move on to my recommendation of the week. You know what it is? I don't know if I've ever talked about this before. And it actually came into my brain because I am going to film a Christmas gift guide to put up on YouTube. It'll hopefully be out actually before this podcast is out because I'm trying to get it filmed, edited and uploaded pretty ASAP Rocky so that it can be out with like enough time before Christmas for people to actually use it and not just be like oh well I've already bought all my Christmas presents. So I was putting together my little Christmas gift guide and something that came into my brain was this present I got for my dad a couple of years ago. Now he doesn't actually use it as much as I thought he would. I think my dad kind of forgets about shit like this but it does get used between the family Like, I always use it when I'm home. My brother uses it sometimes. My brother's girlfriend has used it. And, like, if my dad's reminded of it, he'll use it. But it's a back massager, like one of those electric ones. And you basically strap it round. Well, there's two different variations of them. There's the shoulder ones that you put around your shoulders and you can, like, slot your hands into pockets almost. And then there's one that straps around chairs. And you can literally use it, like, in the car, on the sofa, in bed when you're sat up like at your office desk you can use it anywhere and it's just like you know those massage chairs you can sometimes pay to sit on it's kind of like that mechanism but as a portable smaller thing that you can just like strap to anything and I think it is the best present ever it's a very unisex present you can buy it for anyone 
I feel like everyone these days gets a bad back or shoulders. Also really good if you suffer from like back pains when you're on your period. Just such a nice addition to your Sunday afternoon, I reckon. Like lying on the sofa with a back massager. Yes, please. So yeah, I'm actually really excited. Now that it's in my head, I'm really excited to go home this evening because that is the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to run to my parents' bedroom and grab that and steal it for the night. Okay, so this week's episode, I'm going to talk about perfectionism. I feel like I have mentioned this before. I definitely used to be such a perfectionist, like to the point that it was really detrimental. Whereas now I think I am in some aspects, but I've definitely gotten better especially coming to uni it's made me realize like you cannot be a perfectionist with absolutely everything or you will drive yourself absolutely insane. I think this really links to something I can have well as I said definitely more so used to have but like a very all or nothing mentality. It's like you're very zero or a 100 with everything. It's this thought in your head that's like well if I'm gonna do something what is the point in not doing it to the best of my ability which isn't always a negative it's good to be able to look back on things and think I really put my all into that like there's not anything more I could have done but what it can also do is prevent you from starting stuff a lot of the time like I used to be the queen of procrastination I would put everything off to the last second because I'd think I don't have the brain power to do this perfectly right now and I still actually I see that a lot especially with my dissertation there's times I'm like just sit down and like if I've got an R on my hands I'm like just sit down do a little bit of reading get even 100 words on the page it doesn't have to be perfect it can it's like it's very much a draft at this stage you can go back over it make it more academic blah 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 fix it up you might not even end up using any of the things that you actually wrote on that day in the final outcome but at least you were doing something but I'm like no I need like a whole day to sit down and really give it my all and make sure it's good and all that does is put off what you need to do for so long because who has like a whole day all the time to dedicate to something you very rarely do so usually this mentality although you think you're looking out for yourself by being like no because I want it to be the my best work you think you're being good by thinking that but it's actually really preventing you from just doing anything in the first place because sometimes the best thing you can do is just do something even if it's not that great quality like just getting started is like half the battle a lot of the time and then you can build on that the reality is that it's not actually possible to give your 100% to everything in your life right think of yourself as a battery that's fully charged 100% charged. This is a weird analogy. I'm not really one for analogies, but I'm going to roll with this one. (laughs) So say you've got five, I mean, people have a lot more than five things going on in their lives, let's be real. But for the purpose of this analogy, let's say you've got five main things going on in your life between your relationship, your job, maybe a little side hustle you've got going on. Then there's like the bracket of looking after yourself, you know, cooking, working out, that kind of thing. And then your fifth thing is your extracurricular activities, okay? You've got five things here and you need to be able to look at those five things 
and think, okay, how can I split my energy between them? Because I am only one person. I'm only one battery. I've only got 100%. I can't give 100% to everything. And if I give 100% to one thing, then I'm not going to have the energy for anything else. So you kind of need to be strategic about how you give out your energy and what you're spending your time and energy on. It's all part of the learning process, like learning what to prioritize and learning what is worth you spending loads of time and energy on and what's actually gonna end up in a huge imbalance in your life and then cause burnout or cause bad mental health issues or cause you to lose your job or fail your course or whatever it is like you're constantly trying to find a balance that works for you I think we always look at other people and think everyone else has it worked out. Like everyone else manages to balance their lives and balance their energy levels. Like why can't I do it? But everyone else is the same. Everyone else is struggling to balance. I get messages constantly of people being like, it's so inspiring the way you manage to balance everything between like uni and your podcast and all that. And like you still seem to have time to like read books and stuff. And I'm like, babes, I am not balancing things well, trust me. It might look like to people that I am, but that's the thing. Everyone looks like they are unless someone's like really visibly not doing well. But even the people that are really visibly not doing well tend to not show that side of them unless you're super, super close to them. Like balancing everything in my life is a constant struggle for me week to week. And I'm not saying it's a constant struggle as in like, oh my God, you should feel so bad for me. I'm constantly struggling at balancing my life. No, this is a struggle that everyone deals with on a weekly basis. And you have to constantly learn to adapt depending on what life throws at you or depending on what the outcome of say, how you spent your previous week was. Like if the week before I actually got no uni work done and my tutor was really disappointed that I came in with no work done and nothing to talk to him about so he couldn't like talk about my ideas and my project and stuff with me then it's like okay sort your shit out let's do a little rejig of things because I was trying to make everything else in that week perfect and it meant that this dropped so yeah I'm trying to really let go of this idea of perfectionism and just dedicate time to things when I do have the time like that sounds so stupid dedicate time to things when you have the time duh (laughs) But like, do you know what I mean? Instead of thinking, no, I need four hours to sit down and do anything to do with my dissertation or I need a whole day to go out and shoot things for my VizCom project or I need the whole day to brainstorm ideas for my podcast and then sit down and do it and take breaks in between and have lunch in between. (laughs) Like, no, just sit down and talk for half an hour. I mean, there's more to it than that, you know. Sometimes you need to do a little bit of research so you're not actually just spewing shite. But say, for example, I had a random R on a Monday and a random R on a Thursday. And in my head, I'm like, no, that's not long enough to go out and take photos for my project. So I don't do it. And instead, I do nothing. And then I come to class and I've got nothing to show for it because I wanted a whole day to dedicate to it. But in actual fact, I could have had two hours worth of stuff and yet might not have been absolutely perfect. But you definitely learned something within those two hours. You know, it's not going to be completely wasted. Even if you're learning that something isn't what you want to do or something isn't good or isn't to your level, it's like you're always learning from it then. Does that make sense? (laughs) Oh God, like sometimes the best learning you can do is learning what you don't want or what's bad or 
what you don't want to... Oh, my God. Is anyone understanding what I'm saying? Please tell me you are. Like, for example, if you're working on your dissertation, if you end up reading a load of stuff in an hour and you're like, do you know what? I actually don't want to cover that. It's not relevant and I have no interest in it. Then at least you've learned that you don't need to read around this topic anymore. You may not have produced a perfect outcome and a perfect paragraph that's perfectly cited, but you've still got somewhere and you've definitely got further than if you weren't to have spent the time on it. But yeah, I think one thing things to be perfect has been something that stopped me from doing so many things throughout my whole life as well and kind of in every aspect. Do you know, like there'd be so many times I'd just be like, no, I'm not doing a Halloween makeup look because I don't have three hours to sit down and do it and it's not going to be as good as this girl's I saw on Instagram. But just because something you do isn't as good as someone else doesn't mean it's not still good. Doesn't mean it's not still something you should be proud of. You can't be like the top of everything. No one can. Some people will be the top in one thing. But even that is like subjective, really. Like, who's to say they are the top? Someone else might come along and think, actually, I don't really like their work. Which just puts into perspective, like, how stupid this idea of perfectionism is. Because even if you're striving for your perfection, other people could look at it and be like, meh. I've been like this from such a young age. I remember when I did art in, like, secondary school. It was literally, like, first, second year, third year art, right? I didn't do art to GCSE, so we're literally talking for those first three years in secondary school when you are 12 to 15. Is that how old? No. 11, 14? And I used to get so, so invested in these art projects. Like, I would spend so much time on them. And Well, I'd procrastinate a bit for at the start for a while because I'd be like, I need to have a perfect idea. And then I'd get my so-called perfect idea and start it and I would obsess over it. But to the point that I was like, no, this needs to be amazing. And my mum would like come up to my room the night before a deadline. I I say a deadline, like we're talking a second year deadline. Get the fuck over yourself. And I'd be in my bedroom ripping up pages being like, it's not good enough, mum. What am I going to (laughs) do? frantically redrawing things oh my god it was just so chaotic for absolutely no reason like there was no need for me to be getting that stressed about an art project that I probably ended up getting an A in anyway even though I wasn't happy with it and that would happen to me every time we had like a submission for art and I'd be stressing about it flinging pages around the place ripping things up crying about it my mum was like you are not well like you are a crazy person (laughs) and then when it came to like the time where you had to decide for on your GCSEs and she was like Emma you're really really good at art but I just really think for your own sanity you shouldn't do it and I was like yeah I think you're right to be honest It can also be such an issue, I think, when it comes to sports. Do you know what I think, why I think, sorry, that this mentality has been ingrained in me is because of gymnastics. If anyone else listening to this was a gymnastics kid, you will understand. So most other sports, it's not always about being perfect. It's about like being on a team and like working together as a team and using different people's strengths and weaknesses like recognizing what each other's strengths and weaknesses are and playing off of them basically well I think that's the case with a lot of team sports anyway whereas gymnastics is very much like no you have to be perfect or you're not gonna win or you're not gonna get onto the competing squad or whatever it is 
when you go to gymnastics like it'd just be hours and hours of stretching and strengthening stuff where they're like slapping you on the bum for not pointing your toes when you were doing a back walkover like you never get praised for doing things well because there's always something that could have been more perfect if that makes sense and I think that's where this kind of all or nothing perfectionist mentality comes from for me but I know for a lot of people it can kind of come from so many other different things from like how you received praise from your parents or like why you received praise from your parents to sports to I don't know it can come from a whole range of things but anyway sorry as I was saying I think it can become such an issue when it comes to sports is because when you think like this then it's really hard to okay let me think of an example of this right say tomorrow I wanted to start playing rugby and I am not necessarily that good at rugby but it doesn't really matter because it's a bit of a social thing it's not like a serious team it's a bit of fun I really really enjoy it and that's the main thing that matters and I'm getting a bit of exercise I'm making new friends I'm being part of a team blah 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 you know all the good things that come with it but in my head I'm like oh but I'm not like the best so I should probably just quit like there's no point wasting my time on this essentially do you see how stupid that is like that is insane and I know I would think like that but by thinking like that you're cutting yourself off from enjoying so many things in life just because you're not perfect or you're not the best at it like I remember when I was younger and I used to dance for this one team I kind of used to have this mentality of like yeah I'm one of the best dancers there like I'm always at the front I'm talking when I'm like 13 here okay maybe even younger than that like it was throughout primary school and a little bit into secondary school and then it got to the point where I was like actually I want to change teams I want something a bit more challenging not realizing then that I would go on to a new team and not be the best on the team so I start at this new dance school dance team whatever you want to call it obviously I'm not the best and this is like the first time I'm not saying I was the best on the first one by the way but like I thought I was one of them yeah so change to this new team I'm not the best nor do I think I'm one of the best and it's very apparent to me and I'm like oh this is a bit of a weird dynamic (laughs) for the first time I'm now not being put at the front feel a little bit out of my depth and it was what I wanted I wanted a bit of a challenge I wanted better choreography and I wanted to be doing all these different things but obviously that came with then not being the best within that So I think then there's like a lot of times like this in your life where you learn that actually it doesn't matter so much that you're not the best and you're not doing things perfectly because you're really enjoying it and it's what you want and you don't have to be the best. Like what are you, what are you scared of by things not being perfect, by doing something imperfectly or by not being the best at something? What are you actually scared of? Are you scared of what other people would think? Because they definitely don't care. But then is it more like an internal thing? Because I think probably for me, maybe it's more of an internal thing. It's like an ego thing almost. But the thing is, if you live your life constantly in fear of not being perfect at stuff or not being perfect in what you say or what you do or just everything in life, you would genuinely just never do or say anything. You would just be, yeah, you just not do anything because it doesn't happen. There's not a single person in this entire world that has always done and spoken everything perfectly. 
I'm sure there are so many things on this podcast where if I could go back in time, I would change what I said because it cringes me out now or I have a different opinion or maybe something I said was a little bit narrow-minded or I hadn't kind of opened my eyes up to the other side of things. And that's the thing is that you have to be imperfect to learn and that doesn't mean that then you're going to learn to be perfect. It's like your life is this constantly evolving thing that is always going to change no matter what and where you are in life depending on so many other factors from things that are influencing you to what's actually physically going on in your life to where you're at. There's just so much to it and you're never ever going to be perfect and I actually think that you're always going to feel like you're living so many different lives. Like I feel like I've lived about 10 different lives in my 20s and I'm only 24. And that's just as a result of like everything in your life constantly changing. Even if day to day you're like, because I would look at my life and be like, yeah, it's fairly boring. Like I go to uni, I record my podcast, I cook some food and I go to bed. Pretty bog standard life. But then when you actually look back on things, it's like, oh my God, nothing's ever the same. Even in your mind, you feel like one second you know yourself and then the next second you're like, I have no idea who I am. I'm really going off on a tangent here, but I think what I'm trying to get at is that perfection doesn't exist. You can't strive for perfection because it's not a thing. Because what you consider perfection today will probably be a completely different thing by next week because you're ever evolving. You need to give yourself space to make mistakes and to explore new things and do things that you might like without them being graded and without there being this pressure for you to be good at something like even when you're younger the fact that you know if you want to take up an instrument it's like you have to start into your grades you can't just play something because you enjoy it because sometimes all that shit can suck the fun out of things like my sister when she we used to both play piano and then it got to a point where we were like right can't be arse grades anymore I was like, I'm going to carry on playing, but without a teacher because I don't want to do grades. So I would just teach myself things. Whereas she made a better decision where she kept on a teacher, but didn't do grades. So she would get to learn things that she wanted to learn from the teacher. Because I didn't, I ended up kind of, you lose motivation, I think, when you're just doing it yourself. So I literally don't remember how to play anything now on the piano, but she's really good at it. And I think part of that is like giving yourself the space to not perfectly get like, a grade A in your piano grades or I mean I'm talking about piano grades but obviously this applies to literally like everything and to be able to explore how you like to play and songs that you like to listen to if you were to listen to someone playing the piano and mess them up a hundred times but not have a set time that you have to have it done perfectly because this is when your exam is type of thing. I do think we are getting better at it to some degree like you do see people now pick up more different hobbies and interests when they're a bit older and not being like scared of being good at them like over the summer I started crocheting and I am not good at it like I will honestly tell you that right now I am not good at crocheting I will probably never I mean never say never but also I really doubt I'll ever be able to make like anything legit in terms of like a jumper or a top or anything but so what it's the most satisfying therapeutic thing ever if all I do for the rest of my life anytime I crochet is just make little patches to eventually pull the patches together to make some shitty uneven blanket then so be it 
at least I'm getting something out of it. At least it's like a therapeutic time for me to wind down and focus on something and like get out of your own headspace. Like sometimes little things like that are kind of like a form of meditation. Like I'm sure that's the same with a lot of people that play instruments or anyone that just has those things where you really just like zone out of everything else. It is like a form of meditation. It takes you away from everything and like into your own little world. I think because when we're younger a lot of emphasis is kind of placed on achievements and it's not done in a bad way. Like obviously when your kids achieve stuff you're gonna praise them for it. It would be worse if you didn't praise them for it. How shit would they feel then? (laughs) But obviously over time when you're constantly only getting praised for like the things you've done well and the things you were the best in and the, you know, the time you were top of the class and the time you got a distinction in your ballet exam. The thing is, it's like, but how do you get around this? Because at the end of the day, you want to praise people for when they do well. I think maybe you can place just as much emphasis on that and praise people for doing well, but also praise people for regular things like participating and for being a good person and for standing up for someone in a situation or for working hard. Like if someone didn't do well, it's like, oh, praise them because they still worked really hard and you know that. I don't know. It is like such a tricky one because you're not just going to stop praising people for doing well because if anything, that would do more harm. But I think because then we get all this praise from these things where we've done well then you kind of start to internalize it once you internalize it then you put pressure on yourself to succeed and do well in everything even though other people aren't putting pressure on you like even though your parents have always praised you for succeeding that doesn't mean they're putting pressure on you to be perfect at everything in the future but you kind of in your head put that pressure on yourself and think that that's what other people expect of you even though they don't Like I know my parents don't expect me to get a first in my degree or to get a distinction in my ballet exams or to, I'm trying to think of other things that are like graded. I don't know. Anyway, you get where I'm going with this. Even though they don't expect it of me, I subconsciously think in my head that they would expect that of me. Even though I know they don't, it's like something in me would be like, oh, but if I don't, then maybe a part of them would be a little bit disappointed even though I literally know they wouldn't. I don't know it's such a weird one because you know it's just yourself. It's no one else. I know my parents are proud of me no matter what. If I ended up failing my degree they'd still be like you know what you stuck it out for three years. Well done you. You just fucked it at the end. (laughs) Like it's a shame but you did well to get there. Anyway The thing is, happiness doesn't actually come from you being perfect. You might have a really short moment of happiness, like the same way you do when you buy something online. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have a minute where you're like, okay, my hard work paid off. But if it came at the expense of other things, if it came at the expense of your relationships, of your mental health, of other things in your life, then sometimes you'll look back on things and be like, was it worth it? Was that moment of getting the top grade in something worth it for everything else to shatter around me? And that's not always the case. Of course, there are times in your life where you'll do exceptionally well in some things, but it has maybe just come a bit more naturally to you or you've just managed to get that balance right. And the like extreme pressure of it being perfect hasn't necessarily been there and this is why it's kind of like a hard topic to talk about because it's very much like 
it's very nuanced. There's lots of aspects to it and it also completely depends from person to person. Like some people are just so, so naturally intelligent, barely have to do any work and will get top in something and will be perfect and well perceived as perfect and the best at something and that just comes super naturally to them it doesn't impact anything in their life you know it doesn't take a toll on them mentally or anything like that and that's the point is that everyone needs to work out their own balance of what works for them I think when you know you've got the balance right is where you kind of feel most at peace you know you're not guilty for not doing things but you're also not overworked and run down from doing too much it's kind of like this middle ground of being comfortable and at peace where you're proud of what you're doing and the effort that you're putting in without it taking over your life essentially I saw this really funny TikTok about this that I related to so much it was just a video of this girl and it was like therapist we need to work on your perfectionism and your absolutist mindset and then it was like me yeah you're so right I'm gonna be the most mentally healthy person in the entire world and I was like oh my god that could not be more me if I tried like (laughs) even when I'm like on a journey to better myself I'm like I'm gonna be the best person When it's something that's like you can't even compare to someone else. It's such a hard mentality to escape. But I actually do think I am getting there. Like I think especially this year, because I am trying to balance a lot, I do have to just prioritize a lot more. And with prioritizing comes accepting that there are things you're going to produce that aren't going to be perfect and aren't going to be your best work. And there are times you're going to be like, okay, it's not the best I could have done, but it's the best I could have done with the time and resources I have right now. And yeah, maybe if I had have done this and had more time to do it, I could have done it better. But the reality is, is that I don't have that time to dedicate to it. So yeah, it's something I'm working on every day, to be honest. I was worried if I'd get a whole episode out of this topic and here I am, 40 minutes, still blabbering later. Okay, I'm going to leave it there for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Please let me know if there's any topics you'd like me to speak of and discuss on the podcast. Just drop me a little DM on Instagram. If you like this week's episode, remember to share it with your friends, with your family, on your Instagram story. Also leave me a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. As always, thank you so, so much for all the love and support. I was going through your messages the other day on Instagram and I just started bawling my eyes out. You guys are the sweetest people in the entire world. I'm so happy with this little community that we have created. It honestly, my heart is just like bursting full of joy from you all. (laughs) I'm getting soppy now. I'm going to start tearing up in a second. Right, anyway, I love you all lots and I will speak to you on next week's episode. Bye.